Welcome back to the Coaches Rising podcast. I hope you're doing well. Today's guest, I'm kind of wondering, how did it take me so long to get him on the podcast? He is a beloved friend of mine and someone that I've spent countless hours walking around the parks of Amsterdam, chewing on uh, the mysteries of life and the universe and being human with. So Sean Wilkinson is going to be joining us and Sean is the co-founder of Circling Europe, and we're going to be talking about circling today. Circling is a practice which has had a huge influence on my life and the way that I coach. I think it's one of these cutting-edge practices. Today, we'll talk about what it is, and just to say, I'll give my own kind of brief sense of that, because it takes us a little while to get into it. It's a relational meditation practice, one where you bring your attention right into this moment. What is it like for us to be with one another? What is it like to be impacted by the person that you're with and that you can reveal that in the conversation with skill and that that can lead you into a kind of deep intimacy and revelation of the moment which leads to some really beautiful and transformational places. So a few more things we'll talk about. We'll talk about yeah, bringing yourself into the work more, into a kind of self-transforming relationship which therapy and coaching can do less of, particularly some you know very traditional forms of therapy, with good reason. So we'll talk about how do you do that with skill? What are some of the pitfalls of that? And yeah, what are some of the, the ways that it, you can do that skillfully, basically? And we'll talk about a lot of different things. I think we touch into also trauma, how their works trauma-informed, influenced by NARM therapy, for example, which is an amazing form of therapy. So Sean himself, he, as I mentioned, is the co-founder of Circling Europe. He's an incredible practitioner for me. I really appreciate his vision. Maybe we'll coin this term transformational intelligence because uh, he's someone for me who has a lot of that. An incredible ability to perceive people and to help people make sense of their experience in a way that it begins to open up new possibilities. And Circling Europe are, for me, one of the best trainers of Circling in the world, they regularly have trainings that people can attend. And they also have created something called Surrendered Leadership. We don't really go into that too much in this conversation. So just to say, last thing, if you want to join our global community of coaches, you can do so and stay in the loop about all things we create, which are not this podcast, then uh, you can do so by heading to coachesrising.com and just scroll down that homepage, put your name in the sign-up box there. All right, so let's dive in. Here's the podcast with Sean Wilkinson. Before we get into today's podcast, I have an invitation for you. We're about to kick off the ninth edition of our longest running program, The Power of Embodied Transformation. This is a program I'm really proud about because it shows you how to tap into the intelligence of change itself. One of the most profound discoveries of neuroscience is that intelligence isn't just in the domain of the mind. In fact, so much of the deep wisdom we need in order to evoke transformation actually lives in the body. And yet, so many of the people you'll encounter in your coaching have actually been trained away from accessing the wisdom of the body. So this program will reconnect you to this embodied intelligence so you can create deep, lasting change with your clients. We're honored to have a truly world-class faculty for this program. You'll learn from the founder of Somatic Coaching, Richard Strozzi Heckler, alongside contemporary coaches who've integrated this powerful approach with new discoveries in neuroscience, trauma work, and leadership development. It's going to be an amazing transformational journey, so I hope you'll come and join us. You can head to coachesrising.com 
forward slash power of embodied transformation to buck your spot. The first class is on the 6th of June with Richard. And if you sign up by May the 22nd, you can get the early bird discount. So just head to coachesrising.com forward slash power of embodied transformation to buck your spot. All right. So um, it feels kind of funny doing this because, uh, you know, we're, we're really close friends, but it's, it's kind of been too far too long since uh, I was able to get you on this podcast. You know, it's taken too long. So I just want to say, like, welcome, Sean. How are you yeah. doing? Yeah, good. Good to be with you, Joe. Yeah, it's a, a unique context. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we've been meeting, obviously, we're, we're close friends, and I love you very much. And we've been meeting for years and having these extraordinary conversations. And so, you know, I don't want to put pressure on us right now, you know, we've, we've hit the record button. But, um, you know, I think I'm really excited to bring you on the podcast today. Of course, you're a real kind of pioneer and proponent of this approach of circling, which has had a huge influence on me. And, somebody actually reached out to me the other day and said, how come you have never had anyone talking about circling on the podcast? And uh, I was like, that is kind of weird because, you know, all my like closest friends are in the field and my, my wife is, you know, a circling practitioner. And I think because it's been so close to me, therefore, like there's some reason why there's something in there where I haven't had people on. So I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Brother. I, I wonder if that is partly like that yeah, when we're connecting, I mean we we can go anywhere with each other being friends and but also there's a way we also met as peers and and there's there's a certain kind of respectful peership between us. But there's actually also like we're business people as well and we've got our separate businesses and we're friends and we're peers so to navigate those boundaries I think we've actually been in a really delicate kind of navigation of that and it it's only actually maybe been ready like now like the maturity to be able to integrate all of those into our kind of connection and be ready for a conversation like this Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 That touches me. I think, I think that's really accurate. Yeah. And actually speaks to me of something that I think you embody really beautifully, which is, is like um, an ability to, to like honor, to honor like the timing of something, Mm. you know, I think we'll, we'll get into um, why, why that's so important in doing deep transformational work today. Because, you know, just to say it could be easy to be like, oh, why, why, why didn't we do it before now? You know, like that's a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, we should have done it earlier. But no, you're naming that. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a delicate balance in the timings right just now. So, yeah. And I certainly do you know, have, you know, the, the thoughts and the feelings of like, oh, this could have been before and that could have been good for me in these kind of ways. And, but it's, yeah seems like just really being with you and being present that the perspective that feels most true is like yeah, the kind of mystery but but actually again when I think of these delicate boundaries between friendship and professional and peership 
they're so they're so intricate and, and that was been a huge learning because and I can jump in with like circling because what originally was so intriguing about circling for me and and powerful was I get to discover every everything from like consciousness like I don't just have to follow an idea or or something that I haven't fully felt myself I can discover the kind of innate wisdom of everything that I'm doing or experiencing and and so in that practice especially in relationship it at first it was almost like a don't think it was like challenging boundaries as if like to try and be boundaryless it was more like what are these boundaries so to be to be on the edge and to be experiencing them and I think in those days it would be more like yeah friends profession that's all this let, let's connect in it and find out the truth and but what's emerged over time is a much more respect and humbling to like establish boundaries that humans have created over hundreds of years and to be really respectful of those because there's often much more to them than I first realized and this one especially it's it's really really something to like honor the work you've done to build coaches rising and and there's a whole thing there that I can't like I've got to respect and then there's a the friendship between us as well like how will that be affected by a, a closer professional alignment it's it's really a big mm. deal um mm. yeah yeah something about the the wisdom of maturity you know in that story of like i remember the young days when we were all like <laughs> you know gung-ho like um yeah <clears throat> yeah break breaking boundaries more than perhaps respecting them or seeing seeing the beauty in certain certain boundaries and but I think, um, like I, you mentioned circling there, and I, I, like it would be easy in this conversation for us to keep talking because we we know what that practice is, and you've especially immersed yourself in it very deeply. Mm. And um, we're going to talk a lot about coaching and circling today. And I think for people listening, it would be just really great to to get like um you know a, a sense of who you are, like the work you do. And also, like, what what is circling? Let's kind of build a foundation for the rest of our conversation because it's a really cool kind of paradigm. So, yeah, I just want to, like, give you that space for a bit yeah. to, to say what you need to. Well, well the, I think what where I'd start is, like, coaching and circling. I actually think there's a way to hold them where you could say they're, like, two paradigms. And so... And one of the things I'm really passionate about at the moment is uh, circling coaching, which is a kind of an emergent kind of joining of these paradigms. And so I'm like quite excited to actually talk about coaching as well. So I'm like, yeah, where shall I begin? Um, but it, I actually think it's better to talk about coaching because my coaching started earlier actually than my circling. And uh and I think there's something about coaching that I also want to speak about, which will then really link to, I think, what circling adds to the coaching conversation um, or can contribute to the conversation. So, yeah, well, I want to start with, for some reason, and I think we could explore that, but that would be for another call, maybe. I've been drawn to coaching from very young. So 
I was always known for like showing my friends how to play sports and and like I used to play rugby and like I was known for being this really good tackler but I actually just like was like okay so I'm good at tackling like how do I do it and I kind of worked it out and then I started showing my friends and they all started getting good at tackling so it was like but for me it wasn't like they saw it as a kind of magic but for me it was like no I just need to like understand how I did that because somehow I'm good at that but then oh yeah I just do this and then and then I show them that and then they love it and they think they've been shown a magic trick but for me it was like no you just do this it's like how it works so that passion was always in me but when it really came alive is my younger brother wasn't sporty at all and he he, he struggled with sports quite a lot and it, it was really important in our kind of where we grew up but he did have a little interest in football and so I started to like coach him and I had such a passion for it but he was such a good teacher because every time I got a bit pushy or like tried to get him to train hard and had came from that attitude he would just run away <laughs> it was like amazing you <laughs> just run away and I'd try and chase him and it was like not working very well and then over time, I noticed that if I took a different approach and came from a different place and more curious about him, he would stay a bit longer. And, and slowly he was like being able to play a little and we could play a bit more regular. And it was okay. It was going okay, but nothing, not in, in alignment with my full passion. And then, but then suddenly there was a shift one day where he actually got to tell me, he was like, look, I want to be a striker. And I was like, a striker? Because I was like, look, I'm trying to make this as easy as possible for you. And I'm like breaking down all the skills to make them as simple as possible. So I was like, it's probably better for you to be a defender because that's the easiest thing. But he was like, no, my hero is a striker. I want to be a striker. So I was like, okay, I'll, let's go for it. But in humbling myself and hearing him, it was so inspiring because all of a sudden he was like getting, he put his kit on before I got home and we were going out into the garden and we, there was this new energy and it was so alive. And I was like, I don't know if this can work out, but you know, this is where your passion is. So I'm going to go with it. But he even ended up surprising me. Like he ended up even getting into a team, which I didn't know was even close to possible. And he, he almost scored a goal from outside the box. I was like, what is going on? It's amazing. Like, Because somehow, because he was in alignment with something in him, it seemed to awaken up more capacity in him than that would be obvious seeing him on the training field. Um, and he always had that quality. I learned a lot from my brother in that way. Like there was a way he followed his heart that really brought through like this kind of unique expression that seemed to be way beyond the sum of the parts. And so that was a great kind of learning beginning and kind of coaching. And, and, and then I became a tennis coach is my first career. And the same thing happened there where it's like how important it is to get out the way actually of those that you're coaching and really be able to be in a process of discovering what it is that lights them up. But then also this kind of 
breaking down actually what's happening, seeing through the like the first layer where everything kind of could look magic or like beyond your scope, but seeing that no, 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 these are actually there are steps here, or there is if you really look and pay attention, you can discover how to do these complex things. So it's a mixture of this, and and I'll just keep going and but just really yeah, interrupt me if you have something yeah. you want to pick out. But but the the thing that happened in the next iteration as a tennis coach was almost the other side of the pendulum, almost going too far in the empowering the individual and oh you've got to find their passion and but what got lost in that or a new potential that was needed for me was actually I need to be fully in in the in the relationship as well Mm. and and there was a way that me me if I suppress myself a little bit or I don't show up fully in the relationship to kind of get to that empowerment or to there's a way especially when I was working with younger children there's a way that they the process also doesn't reach that 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 potential it can have where it's really alive and actually there's something I'm bringing in my being that can yeah add to the the complex thing that's going on in the relationship but if I'm not showing up with my vision and my boundaries and and when I don't, when it's not okay for me, what's happening? And I, I need to, yeah, and also be in alignment with what, you know, where I want to, you know, if I want to, you know, work with athletes that become, you know, elite athletes, it's okay then if someone hasn't got that same passion, that's good to work out. And, and then, mm-hmm. but, but actually, if I'm showing up, the, it's like the right kind of person comes forward so we can really meet in that and I find that is so the same with coaching now that the more I'm in alignment with what it is I'm like wanting to to bring and work with the, the people that resonate with that come forward almost miraculously sometimes that mm. so anyway the so this this was like the foundation for me finding circling so I was really passionate coach I was finding out all these nuances about coaching. And then that's when I discovered circling, like really deep into my coaching career. Yeah. Yeah. I can, cause I can hear, I can hear like how it's setting up like perfectly the, your discovery of circling that yes, there's the other person and, and their, their passion and what they want to become. And then you brought yourself into it, you know, like you realize that the more you brought yourself in and were in alignment with who, who you were becoming and how you could serve then. And that's when the magic came. Like there was something about that relationship and showing up fully in in relationship that that was like really important. And some, some, I don't know if this is a good place for you to talk about. You discovered circling and um, like, yeah, what circling is, you know, like, yeah. How is it different from coaching and, yeah, how how are we in? How are you integrating both of them? Yeah, well, I, I remember the first time I saw circling. I was, I've, I think I've said this story before, that the um, I saw I saw someone circling someone else, and I was like straight away. I was like, what What's going on here? This is amazing. I knew it straight away. Like. 
and it was it's a, such a strange thing because you know I'd already been doing a lot of coaching I'd, I'd done in-school coaching I'd done like um, therapeutic training as well but there was something going on that seemed similar to all these things but but it was a bit different and it was this weird thing where it's like you know what's happening but you don't and you can't quite do it or something and it's like <laughs> what's going on and it uh but it was also like really touching because it was like mm. oh it was also like a beacon of like oh, so it's really possible to be with someone and what what seemed obvious is the person that was circling was in a kind of presence that I recognized from my kind of Vipassana meditation retreats. And, but it, but it didn't seem arduous at all. It was like he was enjoying the process of being present. And then, and then at the same time, the way he was speaking was just so artful, but I could tell it had that quality that, you know, a good therapist or a good coach would have but it didn't feel like he was coaching them as well. Like it wasn't that kind of context. It didn't feel like that dynamic. It felt more, they were just, just having a conversation, but then the person was like lighting up and discovering and all the things you would want from a coaching session. But it, so I was like, right, I need to know what's going on here. Um, so we just, me and my, uh, you know, main partner in business John Thompson we just we just both saw this and we just started practicing and practicing and and making lots of mistakes and getting into tangles with each other especially and we would and we would start practicing with our friends and and that had very mixed results moments of oh this is it and then moments of like it being weird and like you know are we coaching or what what's going on now and it's like so it's, it was really kind of an intense journey to kind of discover the, the art of it. And mm. I remember the day that it landed, it was like I was listening to someone talking about, it was the same person was talking about circling. And suddenly I was like, I know this now. I could tell. There was a way I was listening that I wasn't trying to learn. I was, it was already in me. Mm. And, and then there was a shift and, and, uh, and so basically what that shift was is that what circling really is. And as I say that, it's like what first starts to happen to me is like, I want to discover it right now. And that's almost what, what it is. So like, I'm with you and I'm suddenly, like, oh yeah, I'm with you. Like here we are. And so as soon as I kind of acknowledge that, and have this intention to be really present to what's here. It's like this, this sense of meditation emerges in me, but it's, it's not like a focus. It's like the subtle sense of myself, the, the being, the sense of being here just emerges. And then, and then I'm like taking you in, but I'm not trying to do anything. So when I say take you in, it's, it's more I'm just noticing you and your little subtle blinking and nodding, it like touches me in a, in a more subtle way. Well, I imagine what it is, is I'm aware of the subtle ways you touch me like I wasn't a moment before. So encircling would bring an attention to 
like this meditative awareness to what it's really like to be here. And we're not attempting actually to improve or develop or make something more of what's here. It's more about like discovering the already, yeah, already what is happening and, and kind of being amazed by it. But, but it's, it's an interesting thing. Like when I talk about it, I, I want to be careful of like, because I think when, like now I'm with you, it makes total sense to me to say, to be amazed by what it's like to be with you. But I think if I said that 10 minutes ago, when I wasn't as present, that language would have sounded a little like, I don't know, a little spiritual or something. Or, mm-hmm. But it, that sense of it's amazing actually emerges with just the intention to be present. And, and so I don't know if I made that clear, but, it, yeah. but it's, there's, I think the thing that dropped for me when I was like, I understand this is, a, it, and it doesn't seem something we can just do because we understand the idea. It does seem like we need to practice to discover this. It's like we suddenly grok it or we can land in it. And it's like what's here is what's most I'm going to have a drink of water. (laughs) Maybe it's part of the presence (laughs) process. Well, I notice it affects the presence. And this, this is like, this is a good example because it's, it was feeling so flowy and like, Mm. and there was a sense of, yes, this is going well. And then the cough comes in. And then what I noticed was the, the presence isn't so thick. It becomes thinner. But that's easy to judge as like, this is disconnection now. And as yeah. soon as you judge that, it's, you kind of come out of that groove of like, where things become softer and more present and more subtle. And it's that judgment that something isn't right, that now this isn't okay, which can be so subtle in us. But when we do it, it kind of, it kind of separates us from the subtlety or it, yeah but then once we become aware of that we're back into and that's okay we're back into the subtlety of it again because it's yeah it's okay because it's what's here and it's not like okay like a judgment it's like how could it be any other way like this is like life now and this kind of mystery of why we're here or or this that we get to pay attention, like all these things that they're, they're unbelievable that they are possible when we really look at them. Yeah, as I as I hear you speaking, it's like I feel that invitation, you know, in into like I feel a deepening presence, that thickening of presence that you talk about, and it brings me into a kind of. Um, alignment you know like um, or an attunement which is more than just thinking like it seems to expand 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 like where I'm attuned to or sourcing myself from and and then there's a kind of 
like and that like knowing and being become more connected like the same thing you know and there's something there's something very fulfilling about that too like it's like meaningful in its own for its own sake that's the feeling i, I get Ooh. and i'm i guess i'm it brings up curiosity of like yeah what um why why do this yeah yeah like what what does it open up what does it make possible when we're when you are, when you're with your experience in this way and you're with others in this way yeah yeah so to talk about like pure circling not coaching circling but it's i think i think the the thing that was like the first important thing that i discovered about circling was this intention to like discover the truth and and i i don't want to like that to sound too abstract it's like to to discover like what it is i really think or i really feel um in each moment and and in some ways that's like yeah well you know what you think and feel but but actually when you you start to have an intention to practice that and i think if you're really sincere you realize there's quite often you don't really know what you feel and sometimes you really or quite often you don't really know what you think because it's so easy to think to be influencing your thinking by other ideas or ways you've always kind of thought and you didn't realize that you always thought that way so when i saw that certainly had this intention to be like discovering what's really truthful the best we can that immediately spoke to me i already knew that was important but then to have a way of doing that in normal relationship any time i wanted was like okay i'm i'm in for that but it's a really vulnerable choice though because well for me it was like one thing i discovered was i'm i was actually really sad and that wasn't part of my identity before so yeah you know being a good kind of self development person you know stun therapy you, you would be yeah i i've got sadness but actually what i found being present you know with with my best friend and with other people so i was a lot more sad than i uh realized it, it was deep in me and i could sense that that's really intense to really kind of own that and it was really difficult to share it like the truth of it but at first i didn't even know that it was difficult for me to share i was actually i'd learned to defend that or try to hide that kind of sadness i'd been doing that for so long that i didn't even know i did it um so at first it was even just being able to become aware of of that was like a journey but then and then deeper in the sadness came loneliness but on the other side there was other emotions it's not just ones that are maybe more painful there was also like a sense of love and sense of um wanting um appreciation from my friends or there was also these more intimate feelings were also kind of i was starting to get in touch with and when you start to get in touch with all of these feelings whether they're you, you know painful or pleasurable when you get in contact with them 
while being present with another person, being present to yourself. So there's a lot of consciousness that the experience of them is unbelievable. It's almost like it's a kind of experience that you would maybe only have when you kind of in altered states from drugs or from deep spiritual practice. But here you are, like here I am having this experience. It's very expanded, very rich and visceral, but I'm just here with my friend and, and we're just talking. But we're accessing this like you know, more truth, but we're also, at, it's, it's taking us to this richer sense of experience. So the intention is, yeah, to discover this more truth, but to let truth then guide us to like, what's possible in reality. And that's, and that's what I mean by these expanded states or these rich sen uh, senses of emotion. Because sadness, when it becomes conscious, is such an amazing emotion. And I didn't know that. I, know, I knew that it was good to accept, but I didn't know deep in me that when you feel your sadness fully, you get access to this sense of not taking for granted what's around you and so you know my family my friends like the the real love that's there and the, the the real sense of how important they are is like becomes visceral and I think for a lot of people that only becomes visceral in in maybe tragedy or or high you know high celebration but I was getting access to it by just practicing and being in conversation there's something really important here, I think, because maybe this is where the word circling is really apt, you know, like that you're circling your experience in a way that that's, that's refining your awareness of what's here and the ways in which you're disconnected or, you know, um, in resistance. I'm, I'm not quite sure of the right word to describe it, but, and I'm just curious of, because in a way this is, you know, we're in a very nuanced conversation right now. And so I'm, but I'm, I'm curious to like bring in what are some of these like doorways into this way of being oh. together? Is it, you know, yeah. like I'm hearing one is, it's like, yeah, we're, we're like in the present moment, really in, we've really dropped into to the, this moment now um, and what it's like to be together in this moment. Now we're, we're kind of speaking from that. And I'm just wondering if there are like other, or, you know, what you might say about what I just said, and if there are other like doorways into this way of being together. Yeah. So, well, just on that first point, the, the kind of presence we often encourage, especially at Circling Europe, is, is not a kind of presence where it's overly mindful. Like it's like, yeah, you've really got to like be still and you've got to really meditate. It's more like the, it's the assumption that, that we're actually always present. There isn't an inside and outside of the moment. It's like it's all, we're always present, but it's just how willing we are to be like, imagine you can hear my daughter outside. <laughs> She's given me an opportunity to be okay with what's arising. Um, and, yeah, so, so the, the, it's actually a very simple then process of presence where it's like, can you just acknowledge and, and be a kind of yes to 
what's happening already. You don't have to be good at stilling your mind or anything. You just, and in that way, it's like, yes, this can happen a lot in my coaching as well. Like I can come into a coaching and often I will feel really present and, and still, but sometimes I can feel kind of, you know, come into a session feeling maybe a little bit rushed or like somehow not motivated, which is kind of unusual, is, is unusual for me, but then it would be like, okay, so what, yeah, can I welcome this as it is? Like, you know, and, and what that comes down to is actually, it's not just because I'm doing a good practice. It's like, well, if life is showing up like this, or if, if I'm showing up like this, surely there's an intelligence that's much deeper than me, like, or that I can think that is, is worth being in tune with. And, and that, it, I think it's that kind of reverence or respect for the, like, what, what's already happening or the intelligence that I am or the innate intelligence that comes through me. That, is yeah. the, that I don't think you can really find the doorways without that kind of understanding or, or at least experimenting with that. Yeah, and, and, and like what I hear in what you're saying as well is like, um, there's something about, and I don't know what you think about this, but like what you're, you're shifting from one place to another. And um, let me say what I mean. Like, you know, in your example, like it could be easy to come in and go, okay, I need to be present now. Like I wasn't present before and that's, that's not good. So I should be present now. Yeah. And, and then you're at, you're actually creating a, you know, an imposition on your experience or yeah, you're, you're, you're saying it was bad basically. And, but it, it sounds like you're inviting that you're describing something different. It's like, there's a, there's, there's a, like a bigger place that you shift into where it's like, yeah, I'm not actually um, judging my experience as being bad. I'm actually just um, noticing what's here and, and, and seeing how there's an intelligence in that. And that to me describes, it does describe some kind of shift in mm. perspective. Mm. Yeah, and that, that shift you're pointing to there is what I was trying to say about that moment I realized I got it. Like I realized that I'd practiced enough to, to be able to take that perspective by choice. Like, oh, and I still will have moments where I realize I'm not in that and, and someone might point it out to me. But that even then it's like the fact that I wasn't in that perspective is actually it's not really true actually like because yeah the truth is that it's always present and it's maybe I was just thinking I was thinking that it wasn't present but that doesn't mean it wasn't present but even just being okay with you know thinking you know a different way that's part of the process and that's what keeps deepening the more you practice yeah yeah it it, it's Mm. It might seem like I'm kind of um, picking at a small thing, but um, mm. there's something about this shift because it could be easy to co-op that shift and make that something, couldn't it? Like that we, you know, suddenly is a is a judgment over our experience. But um, yeah, like there's something about this shift or or like the the thing that drops for you that I think is like 
quite profound or fundamental mm-hmm. in in doing this work mm-hmm. and i don't know if i'm yeah so so like in this moment i noticed that's like grabbed the hold of me i'm like oh mm-hmm. like uh, what is that shift mm-hmm. yeah as you say that actually there is a response that can come straight away, but just being a bit still with that and letting what you're saying land seems to make ripples. For me, for me, it's almost like a koan in the, in that I like I like just asking the question, and then the actual what arises in response is more interesting than me trying to wrestle with the answer conceptually because mm. actually there's it opens something up in my experience just to say like what what is that shift i think what you're also pointing to is a kind of paradigmatic awareness or and again that's quite you know that's a can be a fancy sounding word and but I, I think paradigms are really important. And I think this shift in perspective is, was only possible when both parts of a, of a paradigm, which is you've got, there is always understanding that comes with the paradigm. There are assumptions that are being made about what reality is and, and that, that needs to be understood. But then you need to actually do the experiment and you need to do the practice to, to know if that theory actually is real in your experience. And, and once you, once those two touch each other, the understanding and the kind of practice or the, the, the real sense of being here come together, then you, that sh- that's what that shift I think you're pointing to is like, I think you were pointing to it more from like almost the experiential, like, yeah, what is that? It's like some kind of aliveness or, I don't know, something that emerges when that kind of comes together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if I think about coaching and circling and, and this, you know, this podcast of, what we're in a way we're like exploring like how can we reveal the transformational encounter uh, you know what what is at the heart of transformational work and I think this is one of the things for me you know it's like um, I felt that shift into a, in a into a, like a, being on like an edge you know um, there was a potency or a kind of potentiality in, in, in the experience um, that, that it, and then it, there was a sense of, of like being slightly disturbed, but also feeling a sense of wonder and, and aliveness Like you said that word. And, and I, I'm connecting this to our conversation, you know, to coaching and to, to circling because um, yeah, I think in some ways, like that's what we're that's what we're aiming for with our clients, isn't it? Like we're inviting people mm. into a recognition of of like 
Well, actually, maybe this is where I would like volley this to you and say, like, you know, how does this this connect to what coaching is for you? What I would say is, well, there's one thing that I think might lead to that question was, I think the thing with circling as well that was um, was huge, but it was also like, it was actually quite frightening in all honesty. It was like, it's this kind of willingness to go towards relationship. And that's like in a new way, it's like a new commitment to what it is to be connected with other human beings. And, and it, it, it actually has this intention actually to yeah, somewhat to be like, is, can we have a more artful intimacy in our connection? But I think the way me and John always took it was like more, can we be more truthful? Like maybe art will come from it, but maybe art's not supposed to come from it. So we don't want to limit the exploration to just like, yeah, can we have a better relationship? So can we be really in the truth? But then what was discovered in that is like, there's something um, in, indescribable, but um, I want to be careful of my words get more uh, sophisticated when I start dropping into it. But it, because it's actually really simple as well. There's something about being human beings connected that seems to bring forward a, a quality of or a, a potency to consciousness that that's really like unique to to relationship. I mean, it, it reminds me of like deep meditation for sure. And there's something amazing about deep meditation, but there's some some that you can't actually get, I think, from relationships so easily. But there's something about relationship that it's just like um, it's, there's such a stream of wisdom there or such an access to being. And I think that's one of the big things with spiritual practice is this, this longing and this desire to be connected to being. And it's this intuition that most people have of like, oh, yeah, I just want to be. And there's such a yearning for it because it can feel so easily that our experience is somehow rushed or stressed or somehow ahead of ourselves in some kind of way and it turns out that relationship is actually a wonderful place actually or a very potent place to get access to that but it's but why it can be so difficult in the beginning is because it it can be so vulnerable and, and because we can be so exposed to our own pain our own uh, shortcomings in understanding and that's not a small thing because if we haven't really understood something well being human, we've probably been like promoting a kind of idea and we've been trying to teach other people a kind of idea that's come from our understanding. And then suddenly we see there's a delusion to it. And now we've got to face all that we've created from that delusion. And that's really an intense process. So that I think that's why we inherently kind of resist going into this deeper connection, but actually like once you start to practice and you can start to be with that vulnerability and resistance and start to discover what it is, of course you want to know where your delusions are, even if it's difficult, because 
it's not good for you to keep staying in it because it's uncomfortable to discover it. But I think what I'm talking about in essence is, and how I like to understand it most is, if you can say like the force that's between us that has, that we're calling connection, seems to be this like intricate force that sometimes we want to be closer, sometimes we want to get away, sometimes we want to be truthful, sometimes we want to just play and be, but there's some quality of being together, some, and it, and it feels like it's a sensation and it feels energetic when we, we're really conscious of it. Well, I would say that force is, you could say is love. But it's not like love that comes from like, you know, a card that you just say to people. And because love is quite fierce as well, because love will equally tell you to, to not spend more time with most people you come in contact with. And it will tell you to really spend time with a certain, certain people. Like it's, it's not, it's not lovey dovey. It's, it's quite a fierce, truthful energy. And, mm. And so by coming, becoming present in your relationships, what I feel we're really doing is becoming present to the intricacies and the complexities of love and what it really is and being guided by that, that force of attraction and repulsion and all that means and all that, how that affects us in our lives. Um, so I think that's the transformational encounter. It's can we come together and we have, we have, we might have goals. We might have things we want for ourselves. But can we also be in this encounter where we discover kind of the, the mysteries and the, the intelligence of love and and what that means to be a being that's kind of made of and or guided by this sense of love? Yeah, exquisite. Like really exquisite. What you're sharing and. Um, what it brings up is a curiosity of, of um, how you feel this fits in with coaching. So you mentioned like, oh, people might come in with, with goals or desires. And I'm just curious then, you know, how you are with people, you know, in a way mm. that then might unfold their relationship to those goals and desires. Yeah. And, and, and also like to speak about, um, you know, like what, what's happening for you in those moments? Like how, how are you with those people and what are you like seeing, you know, because there's, there's a, there's a genius in the way you work. And I've seen that I love to like extract out and it's already coming out, but um, you know, to share that with people. So yeah. Hmm. How, how do you feel what you just described about this truth yeah. and love um, relates to coaching and people coming in with goals and desires and how they transform and, and yeah. yeah yeah and then still now like when i use the word love i'm really careful with it because that's why i almost always call it connection because in a way it helps to be more objective and to discover what it is but but i think if i'm being really truthful what i experience it as and especially in, in the deeper practice is this yeah discovery of love um but so and to your question, I think what is important is, first of all, to say how I see coaching as a paradigm. I mean, there's lots of different kind of paradigms within coaching, but just roughly it's like the art of 
and the science of supporting another in realizing their their goals or discovering a way to navigate a problem or yeah how can we be in relationship with someone that can support them in discovering what they want for themselves and coaching is just amazing at that actually and there's so much that's been discovered by the paradigms of uh, coaching on how to do that well and and it's different from circling in the sense that if I was going to purely circle you now, we're just really just like, yeah, like what is it like to be here? So, so I notice there's like a, a rawness in my chest and it's a quite slight quivering and in my, my throat. So it seems linked to this kind of coughing as well. I'm getting a sense of the coughing is also about slowing down and really staying connected to myself. So, so I'd just explore that and then I'd like extend that curiosity to you and be like, yeah, what, what's it like being you, being here with me? You might share, you can if you want. Um, yeah, as you, as you name that again, uh, I, I start to feel the rawness of my experience, which is, like there's there's I'm, I'm in touch with a kind of like intensification and uh, of what it's kind of difficult to say but like uh, uh, like of presence like I feel like uh, there's a um, everything's brightening and crystallizing and and intensifying and it's it's again it's like it's kind of raw but it's also inherently fulfilling yeah so so this this is quite common as well in in circling although you're quite practiced so you're accessing that you know quite a lot of that well a lot of that already and and i feel like that also increases that intensification in me and kind of a luminosity starts to happen with things and yeah, in my, in my felt sense. And so in circling, we, we, we could just keep refining that. And, and as we go, like, you know, you might notice a subtle thing. It's like, oh, yeah, there's something I've never told you. Uh, and it feels hard to tell you. And, and uh, oh, yeah, when you say that, I feel nervous. And, and, and then we would just keep exploring. And, and, the, the amazing thing with circling is actually with that intention, how often kind of coaching real like realizations just emerge and therapeutic kind of experiences happen, just very, very common. So that actually points us towards like there's something about transformation that we've got to be really careful actually, even of the intention of a goal. So, and I know good coaching is already aware of this and, and circling is, is also like a paradigm that really hits that home. Like if you do, you know, do some circling, you'll get that experience of like, whoa, like, you know, there was, that person was only just sharing how they're being impacted and being curious. And that person had such a transformational experience. Like that's kind of mind blowing and it can be like, it can be really surprising what happens. Um, but then, um, what I find if you just stay in circling, 
there, there's some magic from coaching that you it's like you want to bring it in more and more and a good practitioner can can integrate that kind of sense of you know wanting to go towards things like uh, goals or problems and can integrate that quite well but actually it's just really good to be also like no let's bring these paradigms together and and so in that sense if i was coaching you very often i would just actually feel quite normal like i feel present and i'll just be like oh yeah what what have you come for and and then you would start to share and i might use my kind of coaching capacities that you know clarifying questions or uh, reflections or you know really pointing out the essence of what i heard and um and, and i've been working on those capacities also for 20 years so i can use those but actually the whole time the circling will be kind of actually the guider. So I won't, so sometimes it even happens that I won't even ask a person what their topic is. And I don't know exactly why, but there's something in the felt sense that's telling me if I go that way, something's not, not right. And I don't know what it is. It might just be something that I need to feel in me. So I'm really there with this person or, but it might be also that the way that they're, you know, they're already presenting that's telling me something really important that is. So through practice, I've you know learned to trust these things, but it can be really difficult sometimes. But but I often find a much richer possibility comes from these surprising subtleties in the relationship. At the same time, when a coaching capacity comes through me like something I learned with integral coaching Canada, this like using a metaphor as a symbol of transformation, like that may just come through and feel very aligned with what's present in the moment with someone. So I'll bring it forth. But as soon as I sent something, oh yeah, there's something not quite, something doesn't feel quite alive here or something unspoken. And it might just be a relational thing. And, and then you're, speaking it's always uncertain you don't ever think like oh yes there's this kind of awkwardness or there's this uncomfortability like let's just get it out there it's always like human and like and, and then and it always seems to go against the context that's trying to be weaved but as you bring it in usually it'll be like oh yeah actually that thing you said before i, th I thought you might be judging me that i'm like trying too hard it's like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, I can see why that may have sounded like that. But actually what I was really feeling was this. And, and then suddenly something that could so easily just go under the carpet actually becomes a broadening and a deepening of the context and the connection between you. Um, you will learn so much about your client that way. So, yeah, so it's this, this dance with being in this kind of surrender or this kind of presence, always being willing to speak the subtleties of what's happening in the relationship, but then really just enjoying and using the full capacities of the coaching paradigm to kind of yeah, guide the process. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Yeah. And do, do you feel then, you know, like say somebody's come in with a desire, you know, to grow or to, 
you know, they've got a certain goal that like, well, maybe I've heard you share a bit more. It's like, I often find with clients, it's like they can come in with um, um, a certain goal or desire to grow and that um, they have like a change agenda with themselves that, that can put themselves in, in conflict with themselves in some way. Mm-hmm in the way that we were maybe discussing about at the beginning of our conversation. And so, and so like part of the work is actually kind of bringing awareness to that. And so that there's a, there's a kind of harmonization that can take place, you know, like where they, they cease that inner struggle, perhaps even their desire to grow is coming out of a sense of deficiency and, and, and actually they begin to kind of feel compassion and and like the intelligence inside inside of that thing that was happening Mm. in a way that it begins to then kind of thaw out or um you know to to kind of integrate in some way and then and then something begins to emerge something else begins to emerge which yeah that can then become part of who they are in some way and and so like there is there is like emergence development taking place but it's not it's not like okay so you're here now and then you want to like you want to be over there and like we're gonna like we're gonna get you over there you know and i'm curious if you see similar things to that happening when you're working with clients yeah yeah well this feels really like cool like i think i can discover this now with you and the thing i know is like I often find in our conversations that you have this really cool way of like, I might be like really into something and like feels unresolvable kind of dilemma for me. And I'm like struggling. And then you'll say a question or something and then I'll suddenly be like, boop, like, oh, oh yeah, I was, I was really into that. And then suddenly I'm not. And, and without that stress of like, I've got to work it out or, or there's a real problem here. It's like suddenly it's like, oh, there's actually a lot more resources than I realized. Or, or, yeah, wow, that was quite intense to be kind of in that. And, that, and I, think, I think what I would also be navigating, with, especially with this like circling perspective, would be, yeah, so like if you were coming to me with a, this really intense goal, like you want to lose weight and you've got to be like, you've got to lose five kilograms and, and that's got to happen because you've got to impress your boss and, and you want to look good for your wife and that's got to happen. And so you're sharing that. Uh, and it's, I think what I would first be is like really interested in like, oh yeah, how's this impacting me? So I, would be, I wouldn't go so fast to like, okay, let's get to like, because there might be a slight danger in like it's wrong that they're in a state of like goal orientation. I know you, you know that subtlety, but so, but I'll be aware of that and that'll be impacting me, but I'll be really careful just to like, like jump onto that, be more like, how's this really impacting me? And sometimes it'd be like, Oh yeah. Wow. When you share how much you want to lose weight, actually notice that I uh, kind of clench in my belly 
And sometimes the client can be like, oh yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear that. And that's where in circling, yeah, you, it's very, it becomes very normal actually to share my experience, but there is a refinement and a development that you usually have to go through where you share yourself in a way that's revealing more of what's here, but it's not actually inviting a kind of process into you. And often people in the beginning don't quite get that nuance right. There's a, there's a development that you usually go through for that. But actually what I find, if I just share it as it is, it's like, oh, yeah, this is information about what's here. And it's not an assumption about the other person. It's just this is what's happening in me. Often they might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really stressed about this as well. And, oh, yeah, my belly's also hurting. And suddenly they're more in touch with what's in them and I haven't directed them there I haven't you know I've not tried to make that happen um, and if I do usually it doesn't work if it subtly does come in um, can but, I yeah because I think that it's really important what you just shared about yeah that you're sharing in a way and I don't know where you're going so I apologize I kind of cut you off yeah. but I also want to make cool. sure yeah um, but you so you're like sharing yourself but in a way that you're not bringing you like what I liked is, yeah. Cause you said some people, when they first start practicing circling, it's like they share themselves, but they're in, you know, in a way. And does that mean like, you know, they're, they're, they're actually not able to maintain that they share themselves and that they're facilitating the process. Does it, you mean like they get caught yeah. in like a kind of entanglement with the person. So they're sharing themselves, but they're in, in a way that they've lost that perspective. Yeah, and usually there's also really important things like, like if I see a leader do that, I'm I'm just like cool. Actually, they're deepening because, like, you know, there's some subtlety going on here that has them actually bring the process to them, and actually that's usually something innocent. Like they actually there is a part of them that needs more attention, and actually that's a good thing. But it's also they need to practice more actually them to be that coming in indirectly into their coaching sessions um, and but actually someone if they're really developed in their circling they might even slip a little or you know, be a little unconscious and it directs to them and then they could even start to own that and it'd be like oh yeah I noticed that I actually shared myself in a way that yeah, I brought the attention to me yeah how is that for you like, right now? I notice you're like now getting interested in my process. Like, how is that for you? And actually, that can also be surprising because it can be like you think you, you can easily go into you did something wrong. But actually, a lot of the times your client might turn around and say like, I, yeah, I always do that. This is so common for me. And, and actually, there might have been a way that in the way they show up that actually did kind of influence you in becoming vulnerable in that way right and so and I've never fully assumed that and I'd still want to like explore what it really touched in me maybe afterwards but but still it's like there's some magic happening between you that's that's probably very common for this person and and then they often do be like oh yeah I'm always doing this and you're like oh yeah what's that like and then you you can start to explore what that's really like for them and if I, if I just hear that, it's like, 
you know, in a way like we're moving, I don't know, beyond like the coach coachy relationship here where, or maybe where it's traditionally held, whereas like someone might hold this paradigm of like, oh, it's not okay that I'm in the conversation. Yeah. And then suddenly they're like tense up. The coach might be like, oh, it's not okay. I'm in the conversation. And it's to put it back on you. But in a way, like it's, I hear like a self-transforming relationship to experience here where it's like, oh, I notice. So you're just kind of like being with what's here. I notice it came back to me, the conversation. And I'm just like checking how that is for you. And then like you say, that might unearth like a whole, like a really rich seam of inquiry about how that person shows up in their life or like a pattern that plays out. So I really, I just want to like underline how it's yeah. really beautiful and and the beauty of that is then what you're working with is actually in real time so it's not an abstract problem it's actually happening with you and so you're on the inside with them the fact that you've not defended yourself or or kind of kind of shut it down to go back into your role you've actually then allow that potential to be there and, and then you're on the inside and there's so much like then depth you can work with around that, like that certain issue. I think that's another important point. Huh? Like actually the, the, it's live in the moment. Yeah. So the, 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 the issue is here and right now. And so something about that feels very potent. Yeah. Like you're, you're in the, the live experience of something and it can be transformed in the moment, but not through wanting it to be transformed, but just th- through this orientation to, to like truth or yeah, you know, the connection. And, and the one wonderful thing with that, that comes from, and it comes from the courage because it, because it, it's easy to say in theory that like, you know, you've just done something where you, you feel like, oh yeah, maybe, some of my needs have just kind of come in a little unconsciously. That's not easy to, to own when someone's just paid, you know, a lot of money to be with you as a coach. If, you know, the more you practice, I think the more easy it comes, but in another way, the more you practice, the more subtle you notice what's going on in yourself. So it's still vulnerable in a way, but that willingness to be like, okay, this is what's here. And then the practice to be able to share that skillfully so you're not, you know, making it a kind of confusing process for the other person. But then by, by becoming real, like this is happening now, they're sharing like this alive energy that's usually, you know, if someone's got a dilemma, it's usually intelligent. Like there's a lot of energy underneath and it could be pain. It could be just a lot of life force. Well, if they start getting in contact with that, your presence usually then starts getting even more luminous and you, you're becoming even more subtle because of the intimacy of this experience. And actually also the intimacy itself is very meaningful as well. So, so that transform, uh, self-transforming experience, it, it's such a full immersion because you're, it's not like, it's not this kind of, oh yeah, I'm learning about myself and I'm learning this lesson. It's like, no, you're in this kind of almost ayahuasca-like experience with someone and and you're getting all this kind of, you know, rich information and 
and the, the kind of transformation is 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 hard to describe actually, but it it, it definitely has this sense of inside outness, like. Mm. And you don't really know how it's going to happen, but you know it's working you. And and then from that, your subtlety and ability to sense make and so it usually enhances, so you can be much more valuable for the person's exploration. And and then the more you do that, yeah, often see the more they bring and that enhances. So it's a kind of positive feedback loop. There's um like other questions I have because I'm aware of the time and and like um and it feels like we have to do a part two because there's like so many things we haven't even touched upon yet <laughs> so actually I just want to do that but um like one comment like one thing I notice is it sounds like you, there's like a meta awareness happening here through through yeah coming back to being in relationship with someone and again and again in this way it's like like you said, you know, you, you're at, you, you develop the ability to, to like name what it's like for you to be in connection with the other person whilst not being hooked inside of that experience or needing to be right, you know, and, and not and being able to be clear about it, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can just name it in a way. And, um, and mm-hmm. so like you're, you're, that meta perspective feels very potent to me. Um, and and it brings up well, so then then the question I have so this is kind of unconnected points but you know uh, there's something really powerful in this conversation that I'm hearing about just sharing yourself yeah like I think a lot of coaches probably err on the side of like not doing that you know like mm. because of the the certain paradigms you know of coaching that might say that's not okay or in therapy as well mm. um, it's about the other person but I'm hearing how potent that is to actually yeah bring that relational in to to the make it central in the conversation yeah and the the question one the question i have is like then do you do you then find use in questions of like oh i'm just curious how you're feeling in this moment like what what you know what are you sensing in your body right now you know like would would you ask your clients that too you know like invite them into yeah a deepening awareness of their experience. Yeah, well, I think I think often my sessions can actually be, you know, like a coach is listening to this and be like, oh yeah, no, that's that's very similar to what I do. And but I think there will be moments where they notice that, oh yeah, that was definitely a circling move. That's oh yeah, that's interesting how that that went. Um, and and that's where this thing we actually started with, or earlier we mentioned of like the boundaries of like why coaches and therapists don't bring their process in. It's it's so wise. We've really got to pay attention to that. And that's why to develop as a circling coach, it's a lot of the practice is understanding the nuances of starting to bring, you know, your what's true in you into the process more consciously and and i could point out that like actually it's always in there anyway right and but i don't push that too hard because i think we can skillfully contain what's coming up in us and sometimes i can just feel you know maybe a disturbance that's in me and i'm with a client and i don't actually feel a need to share it i feel like i'm being present to it i don't really know what it is yet and i'll just 
and let it cook in me and 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 I, I won't be sure it's definitely telling me something about them. It could be I'm in touch with something in me that's processing. So I would I yeah, self-revealing has to be really authentic or it has to be really in tune. Um but but it is a key to the self-transforming experience, I think. I think that's a good word for it. Or but if you do start to do it, um it's also a little bit like it sounds all cool, like self-transforming experience, but it's also you you got to be really respectful. Like it's going to take you on a really, usually quite intense hero's journey if you start really connecting to this kind of self-transforming experience. And yeah, it's it's also not for the faint-hearted in a way. Or, um, the reason it's not maybe so common is very real because you really have to grapple with a big range of your experience if you start opening yourself to what's really there and the kind of the re- and it becomes like enjoyable but like the range of emotions that have gone through you know it's all well and good feeling sadness but how about feeling paranoia like so I've, you know, sometimes I've been with clients and I can notice paranoia coming up in me, but now with practice, I know how I could resist that feeling, but now I know that sensation. It's, there's a way I can be with someone who's presenting with that. And, and that also then takes us to this realm of kind of, you know, what trauma specialists would work with. Or, mm. And that's why we've had to because of the depth of our process we've had to become really informed in you know we actually did not just normal trainings we did advanced trainings as well in like trauma therapy like the NAM approach which is really excellent for that kind of work but we actually needed that because if you're going to open up this kind of transformational container there's a real big range of what can come up and it's really important to be familiar both with these higher states of consciousness that we were talking about where it's luminous and or, or empty or very subtle but there's also you know if someone's really contacting a place where their nervous systems really come in and had to like suppress like really deep pain or knowing how to navigate that's really important so yeah when we train coaches that's a really big part of the training because it's that can come up and but even even being really informed in it you can actually more skillfully know your limits on how far you actually want to work with that or feel ready to work with and so that can easily not be part of the process if you've got the experience but if you don't and you kind of jump in and be like oh yeah I've done some circling or I like the sound of that I'm going to start doing it now you've got to be really careful because we are talking about a, a yeah, really strong kind of consciousness. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up because, yeah, I know that experience from being with clients too, where that can, when you're in this felt experience, you know, like a present moment felt experience and, yeah, those things can come up quite easily. And, um, yeah, and appreciating that then, yeah, coaches can know or, circlers or coaches can know that um where where am i like hitting the my boundary of where i'm where i feel comfortable being with a client basically like the scope of my expertise 
Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, this is perhaps like for part two of our conversation, but like to touch into it now, this like cross paradigmatic, like learning, like for me, even like we had a conversation recently about, you know, where's the boundary between coaching and therapy and, um, what came out of that was, was like both. And it's like, yeah, it's important to know this boundary of like where your limits are and where your expertise is. That's really important. So like do no harm, you know? Yeah. Um, and that it felt like, or equally, yes, like coaches are often really in therapeutic realms, you know, like there are deep coaching approaches are working in these same realms and, and that perhaps, you know, as, as everything evolves and innovates as it does, you know, like that, yes, there were these two disparate um, fields of coaching and therapy, but now that there, there may be like, um, you know, a coming together of those fields in some way. And that, yeah, there's something that's really powerful about that, you know, like a more integrated approach. I see, therapeutic like even norm you know which i have less experience with than you but it has an orientation to towards you know like it's not it's not pathology based and it's like an orientation towards like organic growth you know and and wholeness and you know in the sessions often they they'll ask you like what would you like to get from this session you know it has a coaching like feel to it it does so yeah yeah, I'm not quite sure if there's a question inside of what I'm saying, but like well, just it more yeah. inspires the response. So um, yeah. yeah, this cross paradigmatic um, kind of coaching or leadership—it's really important. I think it's like um, it, we talked about paradigmatic awareness. So that's this awareness that if you like want to understand, like say what Zen's talking about you need to do both things. You need to understand really what the worldview is, but you need to do the practice. Otherwise you've got really not much to say about what Zen's about. Um, but it's the same with coaching. Like you really need to like understand the precepts and the assumptions it's making about reality. And then, then you've also got to experience it, like being coached and coaching. And then you can have you know, a real good sense of what that paradigm is. And then, and then circling is the same, but, but there's something about circling and a, another practice we do, which I think is like a, a next step from circling, which we call surrendered leadership, which is much more working with like collective intelligence and emergence and like what happens if we really like be a group together with all our potentials and, and, and what happens in that environment is people come in and they have paradigmatic expertise or genius as you you mentioned or or just places where they're really deeply practiced and they're bringing that energy into the practice so as a surrendered leadership facilitator if you're not versed or if you're not comfortable meeting these different paradigms you're going to have a really rocky ride it it really kind of ignites this kind of these different potentials and and often our, our kind of longing to to experience these other what these paradigms reveal and so so in that yeah it's a real real environment for this kind of cross paradigmatic learning and and then to come back to coaching 
what I find with a lot of coaches is either that some of them are just really clear that they love coaching. They love this like emphasis on like birthing the future or, or like going with the client to create something. And they really know they're not, they're not as drawn to like work with the shadow or the like suppressed emotion or, or understanding the nuances of the nervous system. It's not really there. And that's, and actually if you, if you learn to be able to set the context of what's true for you in a way that you it, like trust the intelligence of it, I actually think that becomes then self-transforming. Even if you, there is a dimension, you're not really exploring that much you can still go into it because you're actually owning the truth and trusting the natural way you, you show up as a coach. But I also find that there are a lot of coaches that are actually like, because some paradigms of coaching can be like, don't go into the therapeutic realm. Like that's not your territory. Some I think some coaches like they actually really love that territory and they would like to go deeper themselves in it, but they're like concerned it will, affect their coaching and but I actually find if you can do it from a cross paradigmatic perspective you can actually go quite deep into to the kind of therapeutic realm you could say and actually start to integrate that with your coaching but it is a more complex practice if you want to you know paradigmatic is already going to test you but if you're going to start practicing cross paradigmatic you're not going to just like learn like this depth of trauma. Uh, yeah. The depth of how to work with trauma and then, Oh yeah. I'll just integrate that into my coaching. No, no, no. You're going to feel whether the paradigms struggle with each other and you're going to have respect for why they've been so boundaried because it's, you've, it's a really uh, intimate process and it, and it, and it usually is really good to get support with that process, but you're fine if you can, there's a way you can work with that where you slowly start to integrate the paradigms where it can uniquely come through you, where you can respect the boundary and be clear with your clients around where you are in, in, in the paradigms. And, and also then you can be a resource for them. And if they're also like getting from, yeah, to feel like, Oh yeah, what's it like to be cross paradigmatic? Like, What's it like to be kind of immersed in coaching and then suddenly being immersed in circling and suddenly like now we're into a kind of meditative experience. Oh yeah. now we're like exploring this, this experience I had where I was like badly treated at this time in my life. And how do I integrate how that's really impacted me and still impacts me. Um, and that, that takes, I think that's possible, but I, what I'd say with that is it, I, definitely prefer a gradual path with that and a very respectful path mm. not a path of a, a young man that I was where it's like no I can do this these are all connected I know they are they're, they they're mutually supportive which is true but but then a little bit too challenging of anyone who doesn't think they should be integrated and now I'm much more like, no, if someone's standing for not being integrated, I think they're really mastering or respecting one paradigm. Awesome. That person's going to be such a powerful resource in that way. And mm. I would definitely go to them if I need to deepen in that resource. But, 
but yeah, my passion is definitely cross paradigmatic training or being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a because um, of time we're going to end. There's a lot we could say about this. I've, I've yeah. been thinking about that that this very question of like, do we how how like efficacious is it to have like one mode with with them um, coaching client, you know and yeah maybe that um maybe there's a there's an invitation for coaches to be even more explicit and honest about the precision of their work you know so that mm-hmm. then they attract exactly the right client for the modality they use and of course some modalities are, are broader you know um but that 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 it certainly seems like there's a a certain um breadth of mm. modalities that one needs you know um at least that's my my yeah. experience like and i think you yeah, i'm saying something you already know but it's um that precision when that can be done not as a like oh yeah i'm being honest so i don't mislead people which is very important and and so i'm clear but but actually in service of the process. So when you're sharing the context of your practice and your approach, for me, that's really an intimate part of the process where you can really stay attuned to what's happening as you're sharing. And, and it's a way mm. to already be in the, in the coaching with your client. Yeah. Hey, Sean, well, um, I really enjoyed myself today. And, uh, you know, we've covered a lot. And, and it feels like we touched the certain, no, no, it doesn't feel like we touched the surface, but it feels because that's <laughs> felt a lot of depth in our conversation. But um, there's a lot more we can talk about as well. But I want to also make sure people know where they can find out more about you and your work. So can you let people know that? Yeah, well, you can, yeah, go on there. Uh www.circlingeurope.com that's a, uh, that's our website we've got quite a good youtube channel as well just circling europe that's a good place um, to see some videos of us yeah sharing about circling um, nice. and we we've got a little bit of resource on now on coaching as well i did a recent video on samurai circling coaching which was quite quite cool and of course, you've got like um, different trainings and offerings like SAS. and Yeah. Um, so, yeah. well, I think for, for yeah, coaches rising, I mean, deepening and circling is, yeah, isn't, I think, very worthwhile if someone's drawn to it. Um, and we have six months training for that. That's really comprehensive training and it's a really immersive experience. It's led from this kind of perspective we were sharing today. But uh, we also now do a specific coaches training and it, it's quite an, I, I think it's quite an advanced training because you will, it is cross paradigmatic. So you, you will be learning circling, um, how to integrate circling, but you will also be looking at co- the coaching paradigm very deeply and you'll be touching into how to work with archetype, you know, archetypal awareness and, and shadow, you know, this trauma understanding and how to, play cross paradigmatically but also to own just what your unique gift is and uh and just quickly it might be a good way to kind of set up the next conversation if, if we do it is i like i liken the kind of cross paradigmatic um 
concept to mixed martial arts. Um, but <clears throat> we're not fighters, so we're not fighting our clients, but we're actually in, in the process of like becoming more conscious and connected or more truthful. And, and so we're more of mixed mystical arts. But what you see in mixed martial arts is it evolves so quickly because they're drawing on all these <clears throat> different martial arts and the wisdom of all of them. And what emerges is these kind of unique forms. But then you get some you know, really good you know, practitioners of mixed martial arts who just are really good at boxing and they love that. And, but, but they do still have to feel like, you know, understand how wrestling works and how, you know, kickboxing works. They, they have to understand how to work with that. And that seems true for us because when we work with clients, they will come in with like deep practice in some kind of paradigm. And if you don't have a kind of understanding of it, you might be really unable to kind of, you know, resonate with them in certain ways. Um, but then a lot of, you know, mixed martial arts get really, uh, they get really refined and they go really deep into maybe four or five so that, you know, they've got all this capacity and then it, it's like a cross learning. So as you get better at wrestling, you actually get better at, uh, you know, boxing or as you get better at boxing, you actually get better at kickboxing if you train it the right way. Um, and it, there's a kind of, and so many dimensions. And that's the same if you're meditating in a really, you know, I think in a good way and, and also and getting good guidance there, but then you're also doing circling, which is more relational. And then you're doing your embodiment practice, but not just separate and like, oh yeah, these are connected, but doing them in a way where they become, yeah, like cross-pollinating. That, that feels where... Yes, this kind of self-transforming really comes alive. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's um, that's wet my appetite. Then, um, yeah. Then I, I just want to say thanks, Sean, and uh, to be continued. Yeah, thank you. Great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And a reminder that the early bird enrollment is now open for our upcoming live training, The Power of Embodied Transformation. This program will teach you how to connect to the deep wisdom that lives in the body so you can create lasting change with your clients. Head to coachesrising.com forward slash power of embodied transformation to book your spot. And remember, you can get the early bird discount if you join by the 22nd of May. Just want to end by wishing you well and I'll see you again next time.